absolute concentration, unprecedented concentration of construction to build this World Cup that started in 2010. Those Qatari companies, and remember, migrant workers had no had no basic human rights. Those Qatari companies were competing against each other for the lowest cost. Um, I think uh, every country can do a better job of respecting the rights of migrant workers, but we've never before seen such a concentration of construction. And to be clear, this is at least $220 billion of construction. So it's eight new stadiums where they previously didn't exist in the desert. It's hundreds of miles of of railways, um, uh, highways, hundreds of new hotels, uh, office towers springing up. So the construction was unprecedented for this World Cup. You can broadly call it infrastructure. And the the situation for migrant workers was that they really were desperate to earn money. And once they were there, had no uh, in some cases we documented families, uh, the workers begged the sponsors to send them home. Minky Worden, we're going to thank you for being with us. Of course, we're going to continue to cover this story. Minky Worden is director of global initiatives at Human Rights Watch. That does it for our show. Special thanks to Shrufa Dokudus, Hani Massoud, Dennis Moynihan, Nermeen Shaker, and Cairo, our whole team in New York. I'm Amy Goodman. Thanks so much for joining us. You're listening to KBOO Portland on 90.7 FM and streaming online at kboo.fm. Lie down all in the ground, I'd root that mountain down, and I wish I was a mole in the ground. Tune in to KBOO Monday mornings at 9 for the Old Mole Variety Hour, your source for radically democratic news, views, reviews, and interviews, stories of ordinary and extraordinary people working to root down the oppressive institutions of capitalism. That's the Old Mole Variety Hour, Monday mornings at 9. Good morning, and welcome to Community Radio, KBOO, FM in Portland. Today is Monday, the 21st of November, and I am Cecil with my co-host Celeste, and we greet you and welcome you to this Monday morning. And how are you today, Celeste? Uh, I am looking at a chilly but bright Monday morning, so I think I'm um, I think I'm going to be chilly but bright. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about yourself? How are you doing? I'm I'm doing well. I was excited to start the day, and yeah, it's chilly outside, but it is the towards the end of November, so it's one shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. I'm glad for the sunshine, even though we're having a very dry, dry month. Uh, But sunshine, you know, is a bright and healing thing for the most part, and and I appreciate that. Um, I I, um, thought about it, not only the topic that we're we're getting ready to uh, speak about, but uh, I kind of thought some more about that other topic I had proposed, and so I want to lay them out for you. Um, first is the the I guess our, our our top item, and Cecil and I were kind of chatting and thinking about how our political climate has unfolded. But one of the things we noted because, well, it was prominent in the in the news was that our current seated president, uh, Biden, is going to turn eighty really soon. And how that seems to be 
a concern for many people because they want to know is he going to be able to discharge his duties, you know. Um, a lot of people are going to look at 80 and say, but that's still young. And it depends on how old you are. That That's true, you know. Age is relative to how old you are uh, in reference to whatever number you're speaking, you know. When I was a kid, the age I am now seems like it was ancient, you know. And we look at our, our politicians, and in the past few seasons, um, I've noticed that there's been a trend in the newspaper discussing why are United States politicians so old? You know, how old is too old to be a politician? Um, is there an age in which maybe you should consider letting go of power? Um, one of the things that um, one of the things that you hear people discussing is that uh, boomers need to let go, <laughs> stand back, uh, release the reins of power, and there is this. Some maybe maybe logic to that, maybe truth to that, but I thought it would be interesting for us to discuss it. Now there are some breaks. There have been some breaks to that uh, that trend, and uh, we'll discuss them as well. But um, we wanted to hear your thoughts on that, and and Cecil, you know. Since we since we t- talked about it, uh, any any new thoughts or, or perspectives pop up for you? Um, no, um, <laughs> I'm getting too old to remember. But uh, <laughs> seriously, is is I think that was a good um, reflection in terms of American politicians. Um, so it's not only um, the president who turns eighty. Um, the um, the um, Senate Republican leader, Mitch McConnell, is 80 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi, uh, the current, un- until the end of this session, uh, leader in in the House, House uh, is 82 years old. Uh, Donald Trump, who has announced his candidacy for president, is 76 years old uh, and and will be 80 if he's running yes he'll be 80 you know at uh-huh. the end um, so of his term that's right certainly there's there's that reflection in terms of the age of the politicians and one article did some reflections on the top tier candidates um, last in 2020 for the Democrats and they were all you know people who should be collecting social security should I say just in terms of age Elizabeth Warren Mike Bloomberg um, and President or or senior citizens but you know so there's making room for the new generation which is interesting because those who are um, the new leaders aren't exactly young either. Um, Kevin McCarthy, who will be the um, will be the um, House Speaker, um, is a well relatively youthful, fifty-seven years old. Um, Hakeem Jeffries, who will probably be the leader of the Democrats in in the in the uh, House of Representatives, is really young at. 52 years old and so you know as the uh, generations uh, refuse to release their grasp of power uh, <laughs> uh, we have some some Gen X's who've been waiting in the wings and they realize that they are getting old and uh, that's it's really strange on the contrast um, we could talk about there are some younger people, but they are far away from power. So why why is it 
it's so difficult to release power. And what does that mean in terms of uh, type of society you have in terms of sh sharing po power, um, sharing ideas, and being able to pass on and release your control, our control. Our numbers here are five zero three two three one eight one eight seven. Uh, those are American politicians too old, and why do they remain in power so long? Well, you know, I'm wondering, are there some more questions that come out of that? One of them being, um, is it is it a, a function of money in politics that keeps older people in? And, and it's not just necessarily the fact that it may cost a lot, uh, but younger people with our economic structure the way it is now have to, many of them have to work so much more to get things that an older generation had an easier time to acquire. You know, uh, one of the complaints you heard from millennials um, um was that I can't work and go to college. Uh, I can't get a job that's going to pay enough to make it worthwhile, and school costs a lot, and I'm not going to earn that much money right now prior to my degree. So, you know, the, the dynamics by which people are able to campaign and, and get their name known have changed and have... Uh, and the cost to enter that market, so to speak, to borrow an economic concept, the cost for entry into that market have changed and have gone up tremendously. So, you know, that's just one thought. But I know, I, I, um, I know that uh, it's not just young people who feel that way. There, was, uh, there is an article that was an opinion piece in the Houston Chronicle back on uh, the 18th of November uh, that was an opinion piece from a 64-year-old uh, reader who said, you know, I'm 64 years old and I think it's time for us to get some younger folks, <laughs> you know. And, and then you read um, back in September there was an article in the uh, Point CNN Politics uh, that said one thing Americans can agree on, our politicians are too old. So there are some concerns that the perspectives that are leading this country may be out of step with this country, may be uh, exclusive to certain generations. And so we're just curious as to what your thoughts are about that. What are our phone numbers? Uh, what are our phone numbers? Let me think. Oh. Can I remember? Uh, oh, yeah, right. 503-231-8187 to join in the conversation. In consideration of American politicians, uh, just as, um, as a means of comparison, um, the leader of Great Britain is 42 years old. Um, the president of France was elected, uh, Emmanuel Macron, when he was 39 years old. Um, the president of the Ukraine, Zelensky, is 44 years old. Um, and how old is our nearest neighbor, uh, Canada? How, how old is their prime minister? Well, I, I I don't think he's in his seventies. No, no, he is much and, younger. Justin Trudeau is a mm -hmm. relatively young, fifty years old. Mm -hmm. Now we did have uh, we did have younger leaders. I mean, JFK still I think holds the record for the youngest. Youngest elected. Mm-hmm. And then, um, of course, Barack Obama was uh, younger than Biden, younger 
that Trump. He was in his 40s when he was elected president. Uh So it's not that it's impossible, but it seems that it skews pretty highly in the years. And yes, there is supposedly wisdom in age, and I have to say supposedly because our last president kind of weakened that homily. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, let's see what our callers have in mind and, and their thoughts. Let's hear what Molly. Good morning, Molly. How are you? Good morning, Good morning. Cecil, and good morning, Celeste. Well, you know, I I feel like practically as regular as the two of you because I love listening to your show, and I always think something and want to call in. I feel so, um, you know, so thankful for speaking of Thanksgiving coming up this week, so thankful for that opportunity. But I read something this morning. um, It was online, (laughs) but it was an African proverb that says an old person sits on the ground and can see farther than a young person at the top of the mountain. And I thought, wow, you know, that is that's so true and so i i just want to say from my comment today that i really think um you know as dr king said we should be judged on not on the color of our skin but on the content of our character well i don't think we should be judged on our age either because as in the i ching and the ancient chinese culture uh when they were ruled by a superior man peace reigned for many many uh, decades and so what this is is it's a superior character and in my opinion for instance um, Biden came with so much um, so much previous experience he was Obama's vice president and he had all his life that he was learning so much about he's been so diplomatic I think he's done such a great job for an older person and I don't think he's gonna get any worse because he's older this is why we have a vice president um, to fill the place if an older president should die of just old age and have a heart attack or something then we have a vice president to fill in and it's very important that we get a good vice president when john f kennedy was shot lyndon johnson stepped in well he pretty much carried on and and did some good work um with the uh segregation laws and the vietnam war but um what I want to say is John F. Kennedy was a young president, so having fresh, new, exciting new blood is important, but it's not as important as the person themselves. So we just have to judge that leader by um, what they have to give, not their age is what I think. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, I think that's a very good point, and, and each person should be judged in terms of their ability. One of the right. questions I have is the... Um, seemingly inability for those who are younger to uh, to be have a place at the table so that yeah. their ideas might be presented uh, so I, I think it's good to have wise and experienced leadership but when do we make space or how do they make space for the for the thoughts and the insights of those who are younger well, I, I thoroughly agree with you there, and I think it's up to the older leaders to create that space, uh, like a grandmother showing her grandchild uh, how to do something, build a fire or cook something. We have to pass on the wisdom and the knowledge that we've gained as older people to them, and we have to create opportunities for that. When schools have... Um, political debates that students can have a, and we need to do more of that, they can have a sort of a faux political forum and they get to feel what that leadership is and we need to, we definitely need to create opportunities for that kind of leadership and to allow those people and listen to their ideas because it's a changing world and and there's many um, young people who know more than we do about about that changing world as far as the uh, internet and everything. So yeah, so I think I agree. We need to somehow create those opportunities. Well, thank you so much, Molly, and yeah, th- for, for your you. thoughts and for participating each week. Have a great. I love your show. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Okay. Celeste, some 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 thoughts yes. or insights. Well, you know, I think before. I think we really need to get to some root 
find out what the root causes are of um, why our our U.S. politicians are so old. Um, and and when I say root causes, I don't want to make it sound as though we're in a bad situation that requires, you know, some profound remedy uh, or cure. I think, but I, I do hear what Molly's saying about how having age and gathering wisdom uh, does give you perspective um, that youth has not yet acquired. The, the challenge is, is if, if we're supposed to be making a way for them at the table, why is that so difficult too? You know, um, what, what, what ways are we building in mentorship in our political um, assemblies, what ways are we building in mentorship of younger people? Because it seems as though you have to be the right kind of of younger person. Now, Stacey Abrams is not as young as she used to be, you know, but nonetheless, it's been a challenge for her to 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 get a seat at the table. And uh, what she has is an orbit around the table, uh, a significant orbit, you know, because she is affecting things. But the kinds of changes we need to have happen to bring more younger ideas to the table don't seem to be happening. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, well, uh, hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, thank I'm you. Sure. Let's see what Harry has to say about about politicians and age. Um, oh, good morning. Uh, gre- uh, greetings, and thank you for taking my call. Uh, I believe there has to be some limit on on the age. Example, there's a in- limit on the age according to the Constitution to become president. You have to be 35 and, and older. And, uh, and um, let's see, yeah, I think that's... Uh, uh, so there should be a limit on politicians on their age. Um, in the military, if I'm correct, it's 66. And I think that should be the limit of when someone who's running for president, senator, or congressman should be 66. Um, here, uh, something happened in the last election. There is a senator from Illinois named Grassy or glassy or something like that and uh he ran he's 89 uh if i'm correct he won so he'll be 95 by the end of his term i mean it comes to a point where you have to put a limit on on the age of these politicians the the last the last elections and stuff we saw how old they, uh, everyone was so i think 66 would be the good age. I mean, when you get your Social Security, you can't be a politician anymore. Now, that's from like as for a president, um, from 35 to 66, right? 45. Uh, so that's uh, 31 years you can run for president. Then you can't. Uh, but then again, like I mentioned before, you have to be 35 or higher. But for senator and congressman. You don't have to be. So they, they need. I think there should be a constitutional um, amendment uh, limiting the uh, politicians till they turn get uh, Social Security, then uh, that which is sixty six, and they should uh, retire. Well, it, that's that's fascinating, and and thank you for referencing um, Senator Grassley from Iowa. He's yes, he's eighty nine, and he want his re-election and uh, you know one thing you know it's President Pro Tem of the um, U.S. Senate so these are people not only age uh, but also responsible and you know in case something when something happens those are the people who who are uh, and will be in charge of the country now I'm you know I'm sure um, Senator Grassley wife loves him they got married in 1954 can you just imagine 
They've been married. They've, they've been married for what, 60, 68 years. Sixty-eight years. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. That 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 requires a lot of diplomacy, I would think. <laughs> but still, when when is enough enough? Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's the same thing. And the, I mean, the two uh, candidates for twenty twenty four, Biden and uh, Trump. There's still there's a good possibility that they will die before 2024. Yeah. Um, there's like a I think I saw some. It's, it's like a 48 percent chance that they might not make it to um, you know the 2024 election. So I, I think our politicians are getting too old. Uh, what do they do it for? Uh, they might they have the, their money. Most uh, people in the Senate are millionaires, uh, multimillionaires. Same thing with the Congress. There you go. There yeah. you go. See, and there it, it is. It's about That's money. They have the money. They want power. Mm-hmm. Power, you know. And h- how you get that from being a politician. Right. Yes. Yeah. Hey, well, thank you so much, Harry, and uh, and for for sharing your thoughts this morning. I hope okay. You- thank you very much. Oh, before you go, Harry. Would yes. you happen to be the same Harry that shared two cents with Cecil and I? Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, thank, thank you, you so much. for that much. very thoughtful gift. Thank yeah, you. it was uh, the reason I gave the gift to uh, all the uh, talk radio hosts, uh, uh, both you, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. So I gave everyone one of them. And what's interesting about the two cent piece, this is the very first time um, the words in God we trust was put on a coin and of course this was uh-huh. during the Civil, it was during the civil war and the first the uh-huh. two cent piece first came out in 1864 till 19, till 1872 wow so i'm well, i'm a, uh, i've been a coin collector since i was a kid so you know. <laughs> well well, I appreciate that appreciate so, thank you so much it's such a wonderful gift and i'm i I'm carrying it with me, so it goes everywhere with me. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. You're welcome, <laughs> and thank you for the wonderful job you guys do. All right. You're listening to Your Community Connection, KBOO, Portland, 90.7 here in the metro area. And um, the Columbia River Gorge is 91.9. If you're in Philoma, you're listening at 104.3. And everywhere, it's KBOO.FM. And, uh, you know, I appreciate Harry uh, actualizing his two cents, but I want to encourage the rest of you to consider what your two cents looks like. It might be two bucks a month. It might be 200 bucks a month. Whatever you can do to support us, keep us strong, um, is, is welcome and it's valuable. So please, please, during this giving season, do give to your community connection, KBLO, and hopefully you will feel the value and the love that we're putting out here to give back. Uh, our phone number is 503-231-8187, and we're talking about our politicians, you know, um, and to quote the um, CNN article, you know, our politicians, <laughs> as most uh, 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 Americans agree on, are too old. Um, and the thought is, 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 it, is it too old in terms of what our country needs for stable and wise leadership? Is it too old and too exclusive when it comes to considering the needs of the upcoming generations? Um, should we expect them to share their ideas with us and let us keep on being their leaders? Or should we be mentoring them to get a place at the table? Or, or even combinations I haven't even mentioned. Uh, join us and share your thoughts. And, you know, and perhaps it should be we're focusing on on politicians but maybe just generally in terms of of power and influence and who has access to it um at the same mm-hmm. time i think we we should acknowledge and recognize that um 
the the wisdom, the enthusiasm, the energy that younger politicians have, um, and their ability um, to to speak and to raise critical questions. You know, I yeah. think, I, and and I think our life experience certainly shaped who we are and how we focus on things. And one thing that I realize is that life experience of younger generations who are living in the midst of the of the reality of the climate crisis this yes. is their uh critical issue our critical issue in, in terms of if and how we're going to live on this planet and perhaps because older people don't feel that urgency there isn't that desire to to really do something um that is necessary and and important and you know we just saw the um in in egypt last week the the cop um uh meeting and what what's the reality of what are we willing to do in terms of changing but let's go to our next caller and and share their wisdom. Good morning, Elvira. Uh, good, good morning. morning. Uh, thank you for letting me be on the air. I no, I like listening to uh, democracy now very much. And uh, now, and listening to about our politicians' age and reducing their time or leadership, uh, I think that is a very, very big question. Because in terms of our president's uh, choices, seems to me that it has to be always knowledge and leadership. Yeah. And the reason I'm saying this is because I can just tell you before I continue that I think that um, college um, should be free for our, our students. And I'm going to tell you why I think so. Uh, I, I do believe, as Ma Molly, the previous uh, in, uh, speaker, uh, gave her opinion that uh, knowledge is very important, regardless of the age. Now, in regarding to, to Social Security, uh, um, most people can get to 65 or 67 in collect Social Security, and still they are allowed to work and does not have to pay taxes uh, um, if they are earning a uh, X amount of money with a limit. Now, um, now on the, uh, on, let me give you an example. Uh, Kennedy was 42, but he had a wealth and knowledge. He had the education. He was an Anglo-Saxon. Now, um, President Obama wasn't. However, he was always raised in the um, environmental classic uh, European ambient. So he had the knowledge, the guidance in a sense, hearing conversations and all um, educational that is the, the, seems to me that is a main point that guides you to in the future, whether you want to be a politician or any other professional uh, line. Yes. He uh, also had a classic uh, education, but uh, he did not have the means, the, the money, but did, he did have the knowledge, and he persuaded that. So I think that... Uh, Education for our young kids is very, very important because uh, mm -hmm. um, you cannot let any young person be the president without having the right experiences. And old people do. And let's remember that if our presidents are old, they're not doing physical work the way we normally do. They have a certain way where they... Most of them, they are in leadership. They have uh, branches. They have to be 
they have people who can tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. It's mentally, mentally a knowledge, the law, the demo- democracy of the U.S. So I, I am not quite sure whether um, cutting the limit of age will, uh, will be a key for younger um, generations to go on uh, on our leadership, especially the way it's run here in the United States. Okay. But knowledge, perhaps, it will. Okay. Uh, and I think, like uh, President Obama uh, wanted uh, to, he proposed it many times to uh, promote free college instruction because then you have children and younger um, generations exposed to uh, different branches that they are there to pursue as careers. Uh, and then if they don't pursue any of those careers, they can uh, at least enrich in their life and their community. Yes. And I don't know how to end this. So well, I really think that uh, the age and the, like, uh, like I said again, the presidents are not doing physical work. It's mostly mental and knowledge about the laws. Right. So uh, I, like Nancy, what she did so much, Nancy uh, Pelosi, it's because of knowledge. I don't see. I didn't see him. She get in the broom or trying to map or picking <laughs> up the so, <laughs> Thank, thank you. you very much for. I, I think you can put this in better words. <laughs> you you did. You did a great job, Elvira. No, you did a great job, raised, Elvira. Raised, raised some excellent. Then, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Raised thank some, you. some excellent points in terms of access to education. I think. Um, is, you know, what limits people from uh, participating? And that's, you know, I think you mentioned, um, Celeste, um, in terms of money, but as Elvira says, um, access to to education. As Elvira mentioned, um, um, President Obama did not come from a, a wealthy family or, or, or powerful, uh, powerful people, um, mm-hmm. but he did have access to the finest education in the United States, you know, Harvard Law School and Columbia. Um, and so he well, had... Well, those are all seats of money. Yeah, seats of money, seats seat of, of power, money and power. Power mm-hmm. and influence. So how do no. we, as Alvaro suggests, increase the, in, increase, increase the opportunity for others to share in that... Um, you're listening to More Talk Radio here on KBOO-FM. This is Monday, the 21st of November, and we will go to our next caller. Um, good morning, Robbie. Hi, good morning. Yes. Yeah, I love the conversation. Um, I, at a uh, very young age, got involved with the Arizona Democrats, mm. And kind of from a very early age, I uh, was wrapped up into the the you know the political football game between the Democrats and the Republicans. Um, but when I was you know ten years old and uh, uh, campaigning for Raul Grijalva in Tucson, can you hear me? Okay. Yes, we can. Um, the what I saw was the beginnings of what I what I came to learn is indoctrination inside the Democratic Party. And so these ideas of, you know, like, why aren't younger kids doing it? Um, it's because this political apparatus uh, weeds out the more radical, I, I don't know if radical is the right word, but the more progressive individuals that could be disruptive to um, the political party system that has been established. It's a, it's a duopoly, if you will. And one thing that I wanted to point out is everybody, we were listening to Democracy Now! on this channel you know, earlier, but about a month ago, uh, there was one of the youngest um, political, one of the youngest uh, co- congressional members, I think, in Florida, who won, which we were all very excited about. But I, I need to I point out wrong. right away. Mm-hmm. I, I need to point out right away, and it, it came up 
on Democracy Now!, they asked him about his stance on Israel and his donation contributions from APAC. And so this is the indoctrination right away. And so, you know, having been 10 years old watching the Democrats do this, um, you know, I, I've become now of the opinion that it's we can't use the same methods for trying to get change. So it's like, why is there, you know, why are there not many young people? And we can always turn to the, oh, look, the squad got through. But now look at the squad's indoctrination. Uh, to, uh, uh, Ilhan Omar has voted heavily. She was very outspoken against the Iranian sanctions initially. Now she's been voting for him. AOC was trying to dethrone Nancy Pelosi. Now she's been voting her in. And, you know, and, and here we go with Nancy Pelosi's uh, uh, dramatic exit. Um, I, I just see this political party of the Democrats that we're all conditioned into thinking we need to support when they don't be answered. You know, they're not one one radio program I really I, I love is the well, Ralph Nader radio uh, hour. But they go into uh, very descript um, details of what's happening inside the White House. And so uh, I guess I just I, I, I want to point out, you know, it's like I don't think we can really push the Democrats further left. I mean, they're not willing to even look at, you know, the facts. The facts are that the six or seven people that got uh, unseated from the Senate, they were all anti-Medicare for all. Uh, they were all against what more mainstream progressive ideologies are. But yet on the news, it's, oh, well, because they supported, you know, the other candidates supported defund the police, and that was too, you know, damaging the Democrats. What, what we hear from the Democratic Party is, well, that's a risk, and we can't afford to take a risk. We need to elect who we know is going to win. And that trap right there is what basically makes Democrats lose, first of all, because now they're basically just a Republican telling themselves, you know, calling themselves a Democrat in terms of you know, uh, I, but that, that's how we fall for this trap. And I don't think that we're going to get it by falling for the same methods. Uh, I mean, you know, and again, I hate to bring it up, but I, I do really believe that if we had a democracy, Bernie Sanders would have been in office. And I just don't see it. And I think one of the things is, is we become complacent with our voting system. We, we think that all we have to do is vote. Oh, it's so important to vote. Well, um, <laughs> Democrat, you know, as much as well, it, well it, let, let me let me reel this back to the the immediate topic. Um, so you 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 spoke about the two party system and um, the two party system as a monopoly on the ability to capture the interest has been cited as a cause, a possible cause for why our politicians are so old. So to get back on focusing on that, um, you're saying that, um, uh, uh, no, let me rephrase this. Are you saying that um, because young people eventually will get co-opted, it doesn't matter how old our politicians are, it's other factors that are keeping young people out? What, what exactly are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I guess, uh, I mean, that's kind of a, uh, it's interesting, right? Because I'll, I'll say a quote that from one of my favorite individuals is we like to think we understand the rules of the game as we get older, but really what that is is a conditioning of the mind. And so these things start to take place before, I mean, whether it's intentional or whether it's not, you know, like let's say you're a young, you know, uh, very charismatic kid and you go up there saying all the right things about climate change and this, that, and the other thing, and then all of a sudden you have the Democratic Party behind you and they're funding their, your race, and then, I don't know, you're inside and all of a sudden you're like, now, you know, now you're, you're being forced to support, you know, the anti-boycott movement against Israel. Mm -hmm. um, this is something that, and, and it's like, and what, what happens is, is it's like, well, you won't get the support of the Democratic Party if you go against that. You won't get the money that you had campaigned on to get to where you are. And so now there's leverage of people who are inside the system. Mm -hmm. And so it's great to have like all these, you know, these talking, you know, like speeches where people get up. And, and honestly, I think that's where I kind of have, I, I draw a line. I don't see Obama as, as somebody who really helped, but I see a lot of these, these words that come up there. And I, I will say I am biased because I worked in the homing, the housing industry. 
I actually used the loan modification program that his administration uh, passed to bail out the banks, which they then paid the CEO's extraordinary profits at the expense of the American taxpayers. So I have a uh, Robbie, very- we've kind of digressed again. So I, I, I want to thank you. You know, you bring up excellent points, but I want to kind of stick closer to, to the to the topic and and see if we yeah. can't discuss yeah. some ways to help break up this stagnation that you're you're indicating. Well, thank you. Well, thank you so much, Robbie. And and again, thank you so much for the thoughts and the information you shared with us. It's, yes. it's such a challenge in terms of how do we create a, a system that is um, welcoming, that is inclusive, that is one, and, and Robbie focused on the Democrats, uh, but I'm, mm-hmm. it's the same thing with the Republicans in, t- in terms of indoctrination. So you certainly yes. can't uh, 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 advance very far in either political party or, or maintain power if you are, if you don't don't follow the party line, you know. Goodbye, Adam Kissinger and Liz Cheney. Um, it's the same with the Democrats. So thank you for raising those points. And the question is, well, it's been has been a perennial question. Has been, uh, what are the other political options um, in terms of? Are the Republicans and Democrats the only game in town? And if they are, then you have to play along uh, to get along, and maybe you can make um, minute changes, um, but it is certainly a balancing a balancing act. And so it's well, you know, I'm I, I think if if I were a youngster in the political game, and by youngster I meant anyone forty and under. Uh, I would, I would focus on trying to change that two-party system. Now, I'm not saying that is the only cure or even the best cure, but we we heard from Robbie and we've had others allude to it, is that our two-party system does not engender a spirit of 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 uh, divergence. You know, you come in like the squad, you know, was mentioned and and other young people, and you're rapidly indoctrinated, and you fall in lockstep, and you know, next thing you know, you're 60 years <laughs> older, and you're, you, you didn't bring any of those fresh ideas that you had to the front. Right, right. So it's, you know, um, what is, and um, the movie, and I'm sure there have been more than one, in terms of, of in terms of, there's the idealist who comes in and going to go into Washington or you know state capitol or city hall and make changes, and suddenly they are co-opted, um, and mm-hmm. and occasionally, um, you know, you have someone willing to to stand up and resist, and you know, I'm thinking of that was it. Frank Capra movie with um, thank you Mr. Smith goes to Washington thank you I thought that's what you were talking about but thank I you engineer sure. extraordinaire thank, <laughs> thank you, you rare <laughs> thank you Ray <laughs> yes you know well, and, and that that really is a story that echoes uh, not only in our contemporary uh, uh, literature and fiction and entertainment but you know it's a it's an old story. Uh, power will corrupt. Access to power will corrupt. Sitting next to power will corrupt. Because sometimes power, because it is corrupt, seeks fresh, innocent lives, but doesn't necessarily want those fresh, innocent ideas. You know. Anyway, um, what do you think? The phone number is five zero three two three one eight one eight seven. And 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 give us your thoughts. And I like that we've gotten what sounds like uh, both older and younger people um, to to call in, and and that's really helpful. Uh, and I appreciate the fact that we have uh, older uh, people on both sides of the topic too. You know, so that those of us who are 
over 40, <laughs> over 45, um, can appreciate the fact that there is a need for succession. You know, uh, a succession plan means that you're ready for the the next wave of whatever, whatever iteration of life is going to come and challenges and, you know, trials and tribulations. And so you're not counting on that that one elder spokesperson to have all the wisdom. You you divide the wisdom and you have a, I don't mean divide the wisdom, you share the wisdom and you have a firm, broad base. But I don't know, that's just well, my you, thoughts. What are yours? Yeah, <laughs> as, as, as you talked about sharing um, the information and not maintaining it within one source, one generation, or one group of people, it relates to the idea of in different industries um, you have mentorship programs yeah. um, and which you um, encourage and bring along those um, and where you share the your wisdom, your insights, you collaborate together um, and eventually um, allow those individuals to uh, be able to fulfill their vision and their task and I think another point is the question of ego in terms mm. of you know power and we all may talk about it but there's something about it that we want to hold on to um, my ideas my thoughts, my visions are so powerful that they got to be embraced by others and I must push it, my ideas, and which I might have great ideas, but in terms of collaboration and sharing information and also being able to uh, be willing um, to uh, let others uh, take charge and to run the course. You know, there's this picture that I always hate and that is the aging baseball player or sports figure who stay in too long. It could be the boxer who stay in too long or the tennis player who stay in too long and we don't know. Well, what is it you hate about that? Do you hate the fact that they're not in their prime, or if they are, still dominating the field? Well, no, no, no. Should they stay? No, I'm I'm talking about those who are no longer in their prime, who stayed gotcha. too long, and so they're no okay. longer number one. And you know, they're we not dominating the field. Well, they're not yeah. dominating the field, and they are, you know, aren't as effective as they once were. And so it's sort of like it's sometimes painful to watch. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. But then people celebrate, break them, and saying, "Oh, look at that person! Um, they're still hanging in there, and they don't, you know, even though they lost a step, they're still willing to do <laughs> whatever." Uh, well, I'm I'm listening to you say this, and two things are occurring to me. Number one is. If we have ideas that we believe are bright and and curative and sound, um, a good leader doesn't worry about having their name on the idea. They want the idea out there so it can blossom and take effect and grow. And so collaboration is an important thing. But the other thing that I'm, I'm hearing is that uh, maybe we have a... Uh, what is the phrase I'm looking for? Uh, we we have an, uh, inordinately exalted the whole concept of sticking with it. You know, sticking with it when you are missing when you're missing shots means <laughs> means that you're hurting the system. It's kind of like with uh, Diane Feinstein. She she finally had to step down. Um, because her performance in um, 
vetting Amy Coney Barrett was so badly criticized that she 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 had missed some good pitches there. And so, you know, I look at Nancy Pelosi all uh, hugged up with uh, Maxwell Frost, and I'm thinking, is this the kind of indoctrination that some of our callers talked about? You know, will they force him into a lockstep with them? Uh, you know, or or is she passing the torch and 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 getting moving on because she recognizes that you need you need some fresh energy in there, you know, and and you can't be moribund. But you know, let's we gotta gotta call her here. So let me be quiet and see the see <laughs> the air. Good morning, David. Oh, hi. How are you doing? Well, what are your thoughts? Well, this is a pretty general thought, and I'm not super educated on the matter, but as far as the system goes and the problems with it, one thing I see is that the two parties have successfully divided the poor people against each other. If you look yeah. at it, as a problem of poor people versus rich people, we have poor white people who are scared, poor people of color who are scared, and they've been turned against each other. And I don't know what the solution is, but as far as messaging goes, if there was a way to cross the party line somehow and reach people directly, reach some of the people's problems that we all share, share together uh i don't know maybe maybe there's a way forward there somehow i'm not i don't know how but that's just the way i see when i'm trying to relate to other people it's like okay we have these two parties clearly there's different power structures backing the different sides but ultimately it comes down to this horrible situation where all the money is getting squeezed up to the top and is, is there a way to change the way we're thinking about it to cut across the lines here, try to somehow skirt this issue of race, which I'm not saying ignore it, like it's not an issue, but is there a way to create a message that can cross over? Yes. But that was just, that was the thought I had. Wow. Well, I think that's an important point that you're bringing up is the fact that we're divided and that takes our attention away sometimes from other solutions. You know, we're so yeah. divided and focused on uh, just surviving. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and we've been scared, scared into, you know, thinking that, you know, our neighbors are our enemy or something, you know, like scared into thinking the bad guy is, is someone who is probably also scared and uh so the indoctrination i think kind of seeps down past the politics and you know to the people for us and somehow i just feel like uh you know the message has sort of been lost and and somehow people are able to be kind of scared from socialist ideas like poor people mm -hmm. it, they've been successfully indoctrinated in a way think that somehow, you know, healthcare is a threat to their freedom or something like that. Right. Uh, it, it's, like I said, I don't have any solution, but I just, I just try to have some sort of core value that comes back to that. It helps me relate to other people, different political affiliations. And at least that helps me personally. And I think that's the solution that you offer in terms of recognizing your core values. So thank mm -hmm. you. You certainly do have something to share and wisdom to impart. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your thoughts with this morning. Yes, thank, thank you for your call. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it occurs to me that I totally forgot to bring in my, my other topic, which in a way kind of touched on this whole idea of um, um, coming up with different ways of, of uh, um. messaging. And we'll save that one for, 
for okay. another day. Okay, we have but, Francis on the line. If, if okay, you jump in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Hi, hi, hi. I was just going to listen, but I do agree with your caller about Bernie Sanders and your last caller. Um, I think Bernie Sanders is probably younger heart than most people in Congress, but uh, I don't know that it's the age, it's the ideas, and uh, I, I have hopes for Hakeem Jeffries and Maxwell Frost. I think that um, if we can get the corporations out of out of our business, we'll be fine. <laughs> Amen. Uh, if we can, now that's Can't a big argue thing. with that one at all. I, thank you so much. That you know, Bernie Sanders is only eighty-one years old. So, right, yeah. <laughs> but he he's got ideas that are very useful. And it was was it was very disappointing how the Democratic National Committee uh, treated him and actually undermined him. That was quite disappointing. And that's why I I totally agree with a lot of the things that your previous caller said okay. as far as compromising our values and to me it's all corporate control so certainly and that, that needs to be fixed i wanted to point out an article in rolling stone where bernie sanders talks about he sees that the democratic party that looks more like him and so perhaps things are changing yeah thank yeah you, i hope so thank you so much francis for sharing take care thank you so thank you all for listening. Thank you all for supporting your community connection, KBOO Portland. want to say shout out and thanks to Ray, all of our callers. Everyone, uh, spread thanks to those who are around you who maybe have less to be thankful for so that we can have a moment of uh, shared joy this, this November. And Cecil and I will hear you next week. And we remember um, and honor those victims um, who were killed in Club Q. You are tuned to KBOO Portland. KBOO Community Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KBOO in accordance with the requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Information about KBOO